Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? It's going delicious. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. This is a podcast about weed. And grub. And sex. And pop culture. And Rachel fucking true. Yes! Yeah, we'll get to that in one second. We do have a little bit of biz nas to get to, like Word on the Tree. Oh, yeah, we've got a Word on the Tree presents the Grublet Gazette. Everyone should follow Word on the Tree for everything that's good in cannabis news. And this week, the news is that the Oscar swag bags are going to have weed in them. How great is that? Isn't that the craziest thing? I mean, the celebrity celebrities already have weed in them why not make sure it's in their bag also i mean if they're cool they do yeah well it's like do you remember when uh trey and matt from south park took acid and then walked the red carpet no dressed in like j-lo's old dress and uh, i can't remember what the other guy wore i remember the outfits but i didn't know that they were on acid yeah they were on acid on the red carpet and i was like that's so cool wow that must have been really hard i don't think i would ever want to drop any kind of lsd or psychedelic anything and go to an awards show where you're like confined not only by your clothing but like cameras and stuff yeah yeah fuck it but weed (laughs) weed all day sarah silverman vaped on the red carpet a couple years ago at some awards show didn't she like she pulled out her vape pen and got there's a whole bunch of press about that that's great yeah awesome so this year evidently uh the actual oscars gift bags are going to include edibles topicals concentrates and an annual vip membership to an LA Cannabis Social Club. Which is every coffee shop, every (laughs) apartment, every hallway, nook, cranny, restaurant in LA is basically a social club at this point. It's also going to have High Five Cannabis Facial Moisturizer, which, you know, like you can't just put weed in everything and be like... Now it's better. I just I'm I'm not convinced about this. Yeah, that oversaturation yeah. where it's it's uh it's like it's a what help me like it's in a, <laughs> it's in like a heating pad. Yeah, yeah. It's medicated eye drops, medicated toothpicks, medicated butt cream, which there is, and it's called High Gorgeous, and it's really good for your cellulite. So. <laughs> There's there's see there's a cannabis butt cream. Yeah, it's for your cellulite, and it's from a company called High Gorgeous. And uh, when I was writing about products a while back, they sent me some samples, and I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, you know, really gorgeous cream that you put on your problem areas. You know, like under your, you know, where your bikini kind of flat little line there. Yeah, gives yeah. you a smooth booty. A little smooth booty. Mm-hmm. How does it feel? Does it get your butt high? It doesn't, and that's why it feels a little pointless to like just lather it on, you know? Yeah, okay. But I will say there's some topicals out there that I do fuck with that I'm a major fan of. Um, I just want to shout out like Whoopi and Maya, for instance. Like if you're a woman and you have any kind of sort of cramping issues when you, you know, with your cycle, I love the Whoopi and Maya topicals um, and the Epsom salt soaks are amazing. And we're talking about Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. Speaking of Oscar, A-lister. Hell yes. She definitely carries a vape in her bag. (laughs) And she, yeah, so she started a company with a topicals maker named Maya Elizabeth who had like won a ton of awards for her amazing topicals and um, they bought, they started this company called Whoopi and Maya and they have a whole line of Epsom salt soaks, topicals, and an edible that's like a raw cacao that you can stir into anything. I mean, I like it in hot milk, but you can have it any... That's what I was thinking, yeah. like any day where it's a little bit cold and you need something warm. Yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing product and if you can get your hands on it, I highly recommend. 
That's a that's what this is all about. That's mm-hmm. what word on the tree is all about. Because yeah. now you're like a you're a branch to <laughs> let people know what's out there that's they should fuck with. Yeah, these things are available in the legal weed market, and I'm so excited. Oh, and the other thing is, uh, I just have to slip it in because I just read about it on uh, Facebook before we started recording that um, Mexico is going to legalize weed. That's the other big news. Really? Is, First they solve HPV, and now they're legalizing weed. They solved HPV. Yes, Mexican scientists say that they found the cure for HPV. Wow, I had not heard that. That is actually arguably bigger news. <laughs> I don't know. Either way, I love where you were like, we are the sandwich filling of two amazing countries. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the U.S. is going to be, yeah, sandwiched between legal weed in Canada, federally across the nation, and evidently on February 22nd, now legal weed across Mexico as well, recreational legal marijuana. So what's up, America? Get Go. it together. Seriously. Yeah. Get your life right. Yeah. Like, I don't mind being Nutella, but I want that Nutella. I want people to fuck with our Nutella. Does that make, that doesn't make sense. Well, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. And like, I feel like we're a delicious country. I just wish that we tasted a little bit better. We need to taste, especially right now, we should taste a a lot better. We're we're tasting a little little tangy, a little off, a little sour, maybe. Mm -hmm. Want to sweeten back up? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, open the Tupperware and let us breathe for a second. Yeah. Put some banana slices in there with your Nutella. Call it good. Thank you for supporting that awful metaphor. That's how I know we're so close of friends is because anything I say, you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll carry it the I rest of the you. way. Yeah. Same right back at you, man. No <laughs> well, matter what I say, you're there for it. It's great. Speaking of, do you want to do Buds of the Week? Oh, fuck yes. People who uh, help us carry ourselves. Yeah. People who support us. Um, Who's your Bud of the Week this week? I have a great Bud of the Week this week. Yeah. It is Sydney underscore love 90. Oh, she's so fun. She's probably one of the hottest comment droppers on our Instagram, I would say. Heck yes. Right. When you posted the picture of me next to the boardroom, uh, a little preview of some stuff coming soon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she was like, yo, you should be calling that the beard room. <laughs> and she's not wrong. She's not wrong. Yeah. It's, it's it's that kind of like copywriting where I'm like, God damn it. People are so smart and funny out there. She is. So I just want to say my butt of the week is the wonderful Sydney underscore love 90 everyone should follow her her ig is very funny she has oh this lady in the tramp one when you find that special someone who loves to blaze as much as you ah this is a good butt of the week that's so nice mary jane who's your butt of the week my butt of the week is k-s-l-a-n-d-3 kate is uh all around just like a super superlatively amazing human being an incredible musician um i love eating edibles with her and like laughing so hard we fall on the floor and uh, she's also a hospice nurse and so she's just like doing great things you know to steward people who are going to the the next plane and that's pretty fucking awesome she's just a really cool person and you should follow her and check out her music because she's an absolutely incredible musician and fucking badass Perfect. Yeah. Hey, well, I will say for uh, Sydney, if you're ever in LA and you want to smoke with us, please smoke. If anyone wants to smoke with us. Ever. Yeah. Let's and all smoke. We're coming to your town, maybe. I mean, we're going to Alaska starting April 2nd. We'll be in Alaska at the Before You Die Comedy Festival, coming all the way down the coast, stopping in every legal weed state and province, which is all of them. So we might be near you. So hit us up on our IG at Weed and Grub and let us know if we're going to be near you because we'd love to like come and see what you do. Check out your show. See some of your art. Just sesh with you. Yes. All of it. It's all about the culture. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to have a bunch of free gifts 
And so we will also be able to, you know, share the wealth a bit. Uh, last thing, speaking of support, and I can't wait, uh, my boy, your boy, our boy, his name is DJ Professor Moses, and he just released a new mixtape. We're going to play his number one track from it at the end of this episode with Rachel, so make sure you stay around and listen to his track. It is called Harmony and Flow, and it's by Professor Moses, Thoughtwork, and Gia Rose. By the way, his mixtapes are phenomenal. Every time he does Glazed, yeah. which is that live show that happens to be in Rolling Stone that I do... Uh, his mixtape Mountaintop, he's going to play some songs from it at Glazed this week. Oh, I can't so wait. So if you want to check out Mountaintop, it's on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music. His name is DJ Professor Moses. The mixtape is Mountaintop. I s- highly suggest you check it out. Yeah. Rub a little bit of cream on your booty and give it a listen. <laughs> and then DM us about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no picks or picks. Every pick. Um so, yeah, this week our special guest is Rachel True, the one, the only, the legend. She's Mary Jane from Half-Baked. She's Rochelle in The Craft. She's uh, an incredible tarot reader and um, Jungian knowledge dropper and just like a great interview, a great hang. Um, I hope we can call her a new friend. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as soon as we lit that little farm, she was like, okay. All right. There we go. We had a great time with her. Everybody enjoy this interview with Rachel True. These almonds are really good. <laughs> <laughs> a little Marcona. Yeah. Okay. You made you make me want to smoke just a little more. <laughs> what up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? So good. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everyone. This is a podcast about weed. And grub. And food. And Marcona almonds. Yeah. And uh, sex. And pop culture. And sex. and yeah, and straight up sex. <laughs> <laughs> and witchcraft. Yeah. Bring yeah, bring a spell into the bedroom. Why yeah. not? Yeah. <laughs> and we have an amazing guest today. Yeah. Everybody, uh, please give it up in your cars and at home or wherever you're listening to Rachel True. Thanks for being here. Hi, guys. Y'all better be giving it up. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, Thank you for having me. People must give it up all the time when they see you. Uh, you know, you'd think, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, they want to smoke with you too, right? Um, You know what's weird is I uh, I can be anywhere in the world on the planet and someone's like, hey, Mary Jane, and they'll whip out a joint. So that's that's kind of a bonus from that film, Hell, <laughs> to be honest. Yes. <laughs> Did you guys smoke on Half-Baked? Oh, okay. So, no. <laughs> I know everyone thinks you do, but you're shooting a studio movie. Um, in fact, I did have weed... Like a uh, like a weed thing where I spoke at a weed thing and people were asking me about smoking and working and I was like whoa whoa people like listen I don't actually get high and um, go on set and act because what if I forgot my lines or my eyes were red or I fucked everyone else up I love the weed for creating the character you know when I'm in the creative process and then learning my lines that's super helpful but no on half baked I smoked a lot of weed I mean when we weren't working but no uh, all the weed on the set was fake and yes some of the gentlemen partook um, I feel like. I feel like the people were offering psychedelics, too, that I'm not sure. I won't say who or what, but I feel like at one point someone was like, you want some mushrooms and go to see strippers? And I was like, no, gentlemen, no, I don't. But thanks for the offer. I have done them at Sundance twice at parties. Perfect. <laughs> not much. Like someone, listen, there was always someone at Sundance back in the day with a stem going, you hear, and shoving it in your mouth. So both times um, when I was at the party dancing, um, at people in the crowd's eyes turned to lizard's eyes. And lizard eyes. And I remember thinking, is it the mushrooms or am I really seeing the truth, man? Yeah, yeah this Hollywood party still with these. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because wow. we were talking about this before we started recording. Like, 
I love LA because I think I, I live here and I think you should love where you are, right? When people who whinge on and complain about where they're at, that, that, that lowers the vibration. So it's a beautiful place. I love it. That said, it is a place full of completely full of smoke and mirrors and bullshit, you know? So you have to be able to see your way through the bullshit, you know? Wow. Yeah, it's so interesting to hear you say that. Like we were talking about how people say that they miss you or they love you <laughs> when they don't know you at all. And I'm sure you must get that all the time. No, I do. And also like you, I'm a fucking New Yorker. So when I moved here and everyone wanted to touch me and hug me, I was like, what the fuck is happening? And um, here, it, people love to say, I love you. You can meet someone and they have a new friend at brunch. And at the end of the brunch, the new friend will go, I love you. I love you. And you're fucking supposed to say it back. And I'm like... I don't think I love you. I don't know you. More than I love you, I find I miss you. Very strange. <laughs> when someone says they miss me, but I'm what like... what if they really miss you? Who, my Starbucks? Yeah. <laughs> person I order Starbucks from? <laughs> Do you think this is why you've had success in this city and as an actor is because you, you're, a, you don't... Fucker. I don't know well, what I would I'm say saying. it's Do like a radical self-awareness, right? Yeah, maybe like, that's You have it. sort of a radical amount of self-awareness. And it seems to me like in your body of work as an artist and actor, you have had that for a long time. Oh, I guess. I mean, I don't know about all that. I don't think I was definitely not this aware when I was younger. You know, I am become this aware because I had to be. Um, it just seemed natural. You want to evolve, right? As a human being, you don't want to stay stagnant. And I feel like a lot of people in this town think uh, fame, let's say. You get fame. Or a lot of the people we're talking about, they want fame. That's the end game is fame. And I think that fame is not the end game. Fame is something, uh, if you're given it, it's because you're supposed to do something more important with that. Rather than just, you know, feed your own ego or buy Gucci sneakers or whatever the fuck. That's fine. Do all that shit. I'm not saying don't do that. What I'm saying is there's the buy the Gucci fucking sneakers, but not now after that goddamn sweater. Um, buy the expensive thing you want, but also what else are you doing? What? How are you helping? Because the times in my life where I feel like I've not been productive or I was dulled out or zen dulled out were times when I kind of forgot that on my path. You know, I remember thinking, and this is kind of embarrassing, but I'm going to admit it because I believe... That a lot of people um, feel shitty about themselves because they don't know how to release guilt and, and shame. You know, they hold on to it and it becomes something terrible. So when I see something embarrassing about myself, I like to be like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. And then learn from it. Because I remember when I was working a lot and making a lot of money and I just, and, and on a schedule. You know, there's a, you had to go to the studio, do this, be at this interview. And someone was telling me where to be and how to dress all the time, which was fine. But I remember being dulled out and thinking, God, there's nothing to do but like go to lunch. Hmm. you know and that's not even my reality now that's where I was then because at that time that's what it was you know it was like oh well you go to lunch and you shop and you do and then you go to an event and a premiere and a thing and that's like a cycle I think people can get trapped on so I think it's about doing all that the premieres are fun dressing up is fun I love my girl I like makeup and shit but also knowing that there's like another there's something else you're supposed to do with it. There's probably a message. That's why it's great with today's social media that uh, performers and actors, musicians, whoever you are, they have a platform to then also further their other message. I booked the first commercial I ever went out on, by the way, and I didn't know it was like a big deal. And then it was like, Bill Cosby was like, I saw your, uh, saw your commercial in the Super Bowl. Like, I didn't know, understand that a Super Bowl commercial was a big deal. That you was know? your first fucking commercial? Was a Super yes, Bowl commercial? Yes, girl, yes. <laughs> Which I didn't, I was just like, oh, it's showing. And it was done during the Super Bowl. And yeah, apparently that's a big deal. Um, yes. Yeah. So I just, but that was also at a time where my actor friends were like, you're doing commercials. And I was like, yeah, fucker with a trust fund. Yeah, I'm doing commercials so I can pay my rent. Mm-hmm. 
I am. And that's something else I had to be cool with, too, because a lot of back then compared to now, back then, big actors did commercials in Japan. They were doing them in Japan and making a lot of money, but they were not doing them in the States. That was for, you know, lower actors, just like lower actors did soap operas or things. You know, there's a very different hierarchy. TV and film were very separate in the 90s, too. The fact that I was a black person in movies was a big deal because you, I wasn't in a Boys in the Hood movie. It was like I was in these white teen movies and there was hardly any and movies were so much more prestigious than tv whereas tv is probably i feel like tv is not necessarily more prestigious but more interesting right now like i'd love to do a superhero movie don't get me wrong but like that the acting in that is very little acting and then hey you guys and that's it so the acting the actual acting acting like i'm um gonna be on a couple two episodes of better things um and i just love that show it's on fx pamela adlon show um, yeah it's about grown-up people and i didn't i'm gonna admit to not watching the first season because i was like oh it's about a mom and her kids right no, it's about a Gen X woman and just being a woman. And the kids are there, but it's not about the kids. I mean, it is, but it's not. It's just about being a grown woman. So I really love that that opportunity is available, you know, for me. And, like, I'm playing someone my age, not a grandma, not someone much younger. Because the other thing about playing younger is I remember I was playing college and something, and I was like, oh, Jesus, fuck, I got to quit this shit. I can't be playing fucking college forever. I'm 67, so... <laughs> You know, it feels good at a certain point to graduate and, and explore different, you know, things because that's what we actors do. We make art from our pain, right? And we explore different themes through the characters we're playing. <laughs> you are so vocal right now about black actors and it's like I, we were just watching a video. Let me think of how to say it. We were just watching a video of you, and it was from your Instagram live, and you and you contextualized it <laughs> I'm as old black lady. I can say what I want now. Well, you contextualized it as this is not complaining. This is fact. And I thought that that was kind of a cool way to be self-aware of what you're saying and why you're saying it, but making sure that it. People. Are you talking about the one that was specifically about that? Yeah, yes. also because I didn't even think about it when I did it, but I was like, when I looked it back over it, I was like, well, you can't say I'm an angry black lady, you fuckers. Like, that was just me having a conversation about it, I think. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. What I hope is that me opening up that conversation will bring, you know, just to just bring more of a conversation around the issue, you know? Uh, that's what I'll say because I, I haven't done many conventions and I'm not trying to be a spokesperson for conventions, frankly. This is just about me in another area I've been writing about my life mm -hmm. <laughs> for the last year and mm -hmm. um, thinking about all the times ultimately that I had to suck shit up which is fine it's just been a part of my life but but you know when I was like oh this is one too many la ladies and gentlemen and I'm tired so I'm gonna speak up about it you just happen to be the one too many um, and I hope there's more inclusion that's what I'm gonna say on that because it wasn't to call anyone out specifically who called themselves out, you know, yeah. um, and all of that. I never wasn't about anyone specific. It's saying I've done maybe four to five of these things now, and I'm usually the only black person. And now I can't even get at one where you've invited all the other girls, you mm -hmm. know? What's th I'm so new to auditioning. I never started auditioning until I moved here. And so I never walked in a room where I saw a bunch of bearded dudes. Are that all look and exactly I'm like, what the like you? What is oh this? Oh, my God. Yeah. And so it's humbling. That's it's, what it is. Yo, I am not special. <laughs> it also, was crazy. Now, by the way, and I'm not really auditioning right now, but when I, when I started uh, after a while, uh, I was like, oh, I'm the only one here with my own hair. Wow. Oh, I'm the only one with my own hair. So I look like shit, actually, compared to everyone else because it's three times bigger. And you know what I mean? It's so much. Everything is. And I'm the only one now without Juvederm. <laughs> and I'm yeah. the, but I don't mind that. 
like I've always like walked my own thing. Like I even, I'm, I'm hoping as I get older that I'll stick with that too. Like I don't plan on doing anything or changing anything or, you know, I'm kind of curious to see where it all goes on its own. You're mm-hmm. living your last name hard. Dude. Whoa. It's really my name too. I yeah. Like, I'm going to, what do I say to prove it's my last name? Um, No, my because my dad's name was Richard True and um, everyone called him Dick True. Wow. And we were not a family of detectives. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I've always thought we should be like a family of singing detectives, you know, with that kind of name. But no, I like my last name, and I think I do. I think when people say on um, social media, like, oh, you're so straightforward or truthful, I, usually what I think is, I don't know what you mean, because I don't know what else, what other way there would be to be. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure... Am I supposed to sit here and bullshit everyone about how fabulous everything is? Because my life, I could do that. My life is exciting and fun. You can follow my Instagram stories. I have a fucking ball out there in the world. I think so. I think you are supposed to because without Instagram or Twitter, I wouldn't have a platform to have an opinion. And I don't know that I would share an, I don't know that I'd feel comfortable sharing an opinion because I grew up in the Midwest where you oh, don't you really, Western boys. you don't say much, you know, you keep it all tight and then you explode. I dated a guy from Chicago actually, or near suburbs out, wait, not Chicago, I wish, from Illinois. And um, his parents were visiting and we were in Malibu and they pointed up to this like beautiful house up on the hill. This, and went, who would need that? Who would want that? That, 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 that? You don't need all that. And all I thought was Midwestern motherfuckers, me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> me. I don't have to have it, but I want it, Midwestern people. And I'm not going to say this out loud, but are you fucking shitting me with this humble shit? That's also, not to be rude, it's a little indulgent. I feel like it's a little... I know black people who are like that too, but for me, for some reason, I always thought to myself, I didn't have the luxury of that white people my own age. I don't have the luxury of that humility. Mm. I don't, because it's a luxury for them to be able to go, I don't need that. We're fine. We have everything we need. We have everything we need right here. Mm. I don't have that luxury as a black female, half Jewish black female in America today. Mm -hmm. So there's probably something about that that pushed my buttons because I'm like, I don't want to have to be the scrapper that I am, Mm -hmm. you know? But I also like nice things. And you Midwesterners should get over that. I love, no, I love the I humble. On one hand, I love the humbleness, by the way. I'm making fun of it, but I do kind of love the humbleness of the mm-hmm. whole thing. Like, they're right. On another hand, there isn't really anything you need. You need, I, I, there's very little I need to be happy, to be honest. So I get the Midwestern mentality. But don't, see, I don't like people in Hollywood who are like, can you believe they bought that car? And I'm like, yeah, because what I hear you saying is you're jealous. Mm-hmm. That's all I hear. Hey, Mike. What's up, Mary Jane? Did you see that moon tonight? The super full moon? The super snow moon. Is that called the super snow moon? Yes. Yeah, why? Are you messing with it? I am fucking going to make some edibles under it is what I'm going to do. What are you talking about? You're going to use some moon-infused edibles? Yeah, I'm going to infuse some edibles using the magical butter machine, and I'm going to use that moon energy to make them extra special. In my head, all I just heard was, oh. Choirs of like, on high voices. Heck yeah. So the Magical Butter Machine is the easiest, most consistent way to make edibles at home. It is perfect for growers, home cooks, and especially in places like Canada that don't sell edibles, you can make your own at home. Absolutely. And all you got to do is you take your flour, you take your key, if you take any odds and ends, you throw them in there, you throw in the butter, you throw in the oil, hit that button, leave it alone. Next thing you know... 
The Magical Butter Machine comes with everything you need to make your first extraction at home. Included with your machine is a reusable Purify filter bag and a heat-resistant silicone love glove. And I wish that our coupon code was Super Snow Moon, but it is Weed and Grub for 30 bucks off. So enter that coupon code and get your own Magical Butter Machine today. Yeah, for $30 off at checkout, enter the code Weed and Grub at MagicalButter.com for your very own Magical Butter Machine and go make some magic under that moon. Damn right. I have to ask you about an acting question because I'm fascinated by people who are genuine actors. Like I wasn't born able to be play characters. Do you know what I mean? It's just not inside me. I'm very good at playing versions of me. And some of them are louder and some of them are quieter. But fair enough, But Yeah. However, it seems like you were born with being able to tap into certain things and then get your own ego out of the way. Know about that, that. I mean, I kind of play the same character a lot, you know, like, and, and I think when I was younger, maybe that bothered me that I was like, oh, now I'm cast again in a role that was similar to that. And, and uh, but I also think I was very fortunate just to be able to work in the 90s as, as a actor and as a black actor. So I don't know. I mean, I still I think I think there I think, ha, you know, have you studied? Have you been in classes? Because when I was younger, I was just really charismatic and people liked me on screen. Right. I'd taken some classes and I'd studied, but not as much as some of my other friends who'd gone to Juilliard. Right. So I was always a little insecure, but I knew that I, people, I got jobs and people liked me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Charm I think goes a long way. It does. Uh, Kurt, listen, you. Ha- I mean, the thing is, to pop on screen, you do have to have something. And that's really weird when you meet someone who's a great actor and they have zero charisma. It doesn't mean they can't work, but it's like, oh, that's interesting. I. This is going to be a bad story, but it's short. Um, <laughs> I was at Bristol Farms Grocery Store on Fairfax and Sunset buying cookies for myself the other day. Uh-huh. And in walked uh, Aaron Paul. And oh, yeah. That's a good actor. At, but nobody knew who it was but you felt the entire place get quiet and shift without even looking at you just him really yet. it was bananas mm-hmm. it was bananas oh you so you didn't really you, you think people didn't know they just felt his energy yeah there was a shift in the room but it wasn't like oh here's a famous person it was like oh somebody in here pushed I'm dr- it. right and i guess that's what i'm talking about that anyone and everyone can do and the reason I'm really excited about the tarot book, too, is um, I see a lot of readers, YouTube tarot readers and and all of that. And like, listen, you could go and just buy your own deck and learn how to do tarot and spend a lot less because even the YouTube readers shoot you over to their Vimeo where it's going to cost you 50 to 100 bucks a month for reading. That's not even about you. Not about you. So I say, you know, get a deck and look into all these things so you can learn to work with your energy and honestly, what you're talking about, I'm not saying I have Aaron Paul energy at all. I don't. But I know that when I was um, younger, I would pull it back to make other people comfortable. And that's the truth. And I don't do that anymore. Like, I remember on a film, one of my first films in L.A., um, an actor, and I'm friends with this person still, and they're a little bit younger than, they're a lot of, they're probably eight to nine, ten years younger than me. We were working on the film together playing, you know, the same age. And, uh, and we were in between takes... And off camera, we'd hang out with these other boys. Wait, long story short, we're hanging out with these dudes. My friend on the film turns to me and says, why are you being so sexy? What are you doing? Why? I don't understand. What are, you, what are you doing? Why are you being so sexy with them? And that was the first time I really thought, oh, this woman is clocking my energy. Huh. Right? Uh-huh. 
And I didn't realize that I was pushing that energy out with the dudes. It's just we've been girls on the movie and here's some dudes, right? So I was like, oh, okay. So I remember that going, and I was always playing the friend, right? So you don't really want to piss off the lead uh-huh. on a movie. So it's like in the end, I would pull my energy back um, to, to make some of the other actors comfortable. And I don't feel like, or people, friends too, and I don't do that anymore. Now that I'm a grown-up, I'm like, listen, it's fabulous. If I fuck up and we're friends, you're going to talk to me about it. But like, as far as me being me and me, if that is, uh, if, if you don't want to hang out with that, that's okay. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. And I'm not really going to change that. I'm going to keep growing as a person, but I can't, I don't know. It's a, it's a delicate thing. Like all the white feminist stuff on Twitter kind of triggered me. Cause I was like, these are the kind of ladies I've had to dot, dot, dot my whole life and career. Yeah. And I have push back my own energy to a certain extent to make them comfortable. And so it's, I can't do that anymore. You know, like I don't, you can, I can't do that anymore and mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. What's, That's the nice thing about being a grown up. What do you mean you're there? You're triggered by white. Feminists? What I mean is when I saw whatever the different, you know what I'm talking about on Twitter, there is a group of white feminists, right? And then there's a group of feminists and then there's a group of black feminists and then extreme black feminists. And there's a lot of quarrels in between. And I feel like, I feel like um, it's, I don't want to be too harsh here, but there's a certain kind of white feminist who I think is unaware of of the, I don't want to say privilege because I don't like that overused word, but I will say, um, for example, here, the back and the best thing I can do is give you an analogy. Like uh, my friend who has kids with, with, with her friends uh, and the kids at the bus stop and one of the other mothers who's white said, you know, and it's, they go to a fancy school. And uh, the mother said, well, you know, all this stuff in the news, it's really scary and Trump and da-da-da. And the other mother said, oh, well, I don't have to worry about that, you know, because it doesn't affect me in Hadley. So that's what I mean about really? a white feminist, I think. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, you don't. That woman, she can knit her pink pussy hat, stick it on a Harriet Tubman statue and not really worry about that all. So that's Mm. way too, I don't want to get into all that here because ultimately I'm not trying to like start a a race thing, but I guess as I get older, I'm like, I I do start to understand why my parents who were fucking white and black were like, listen, listen, it's really hard sometimes to have that complete simpatico with people who are, have a different experience, you know? And I I didn't really believe that when I was younger. I was like, no, we're all in it together. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, I mean, I've had people who are supposed to be my friends turn and say to, um, this is back in the day, say to the guy I'm with, well, why are you dating her? I'm white. That's the way some people think. And you go, oh, what? That seems so 1950s. But no, it doesn't. Look on Twitter. Look on the racism. I was with my friend in Burbank walking with her children and a, a Trump covered bumper, you know, a Trump sticker covered SUV came came at us and we were in the crosswalk and it didn't want to stop and it kept honking and honking and honking it was almost honest kids are pets this it was so overt what was happening here this guy only saw us as bugs that another car came around and when i saw that whole thing i saw that whole thing and i just want you to know and do you need our info so people are really emboldened right now you know like yeah. that's all i'm trying to say and you know the people who are nazis <laughs> They said 25 years ago in the 90s, we're not going to be skinheads anymore. We are going to blend. And I knew that. I watched those documentaries. So it's well because we both watched the craft uh, yesterday to, you did. to do <laughs> Well, but the thing in yeah. the locker room, right, where you just call out that white blonde girl and you're like oh, why yeah, yeah, yeah. and to hear you talk about that all the way full circle today it's like but oh, that's wow. why i spoke out about the convention stuff i was like don't gaslight me if you're gonna have the three other women there 
and you're going to have a photo op with the three other women together, but you keep coming and saying to me, no, no, Rachel, it's not about the craft. You're bullshit. You're fucking gaslighting me. And I, I, what I say on my, my Instagram Live is that is what drives people of color insane. It's a <coughs> lifetime of being gaslit, even if it's something... It's not even that big a deal, by the way. Like, I'm not in physical harm by them not including me, so it's not that big a deal. But um, just all the gaslighting over the years adds up, and then you start to get a little hardened and paranoid, and then, and then maybe you go on a date with a white guy who tells you you're hard, and you're like, maybe no more white guys, to be honest. I mean, that's just what happens, because I'm like, I don't give a shit if you think I'm hard. You want to understand what who I am and what I had to be to get to where I am in my life and my career, you know, and then I find most men don't. They want to go date a fan instead of this because this is more complicated. Yeah. Yeah. And you're acknowledging hard truths and reality. And that's, yeah. that's difficult for people. I'm not saying it's like, I think I'm really like, except for this podcast, I'm actually really funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to start recording soon. Yeah. <laughs> Turn it off. But no, I think in life it's like about a sense of humor too. It's like we're talking about all this stuff just because it happened to come up and you had all this weed lying around. Yeah. This must be like the like, Hey, philosophical hybrid weed strain. Um, mm-hmm. Because I also think it's it's like life is about a sense of humor. You have to have a fucking sense of humor. You have to be able to laugh about things and be mm-hmm. silly and let stuff go. And so that's kind of super important to me too. Like I like a little balance of like I'm serious about growing and then like fuck it. Yeah. You know, you have to. I mean, how do you guys stay sane? Uh, weed <laughs> and food. Mm-hmm. And I know. This- I like normally don't have nuts because like... It's a lot of fat for my little body, but I, they're so good. Oh, Marcona almonds, man. Well, the thing is, like, yeah, it's, you know, eating, smoking, talking to people like you, acknowledging truth. You're like truth. eating, smoking, drinking, fucking. Those are the things, people. That's it. It's pretty <laughs> basic. <laughs> <laughs> I put up a crabby tweet the other day about, like, saying to young girls, like, listen, everyone can fuck, right? Basically, everyone can fuck, but not everyone can hold a then hold a conversation to sustain after that you know almost everyone can have sex but not almost everyone can then da, 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 da. so that's not slamming sex what i'm saying is like fuck as much as you can and read as much as you can too yeah <laughs> and then when you wake up chat <laughs> yeah right after you orgasm wake up or go to sleep wake up and Here's then have the a conversation thing. why yeah. guys just love the morning sex right it's like, yeah. like my least sexy time i feel like the afternoon is better and i'll do it but i'm more because i know but i'm always like oh so i just oh not sexy. <laughs> like a, like you like a siesta sex <laughs> i do like an <laughs> afternoon delight i suppose because like like late at night is not good either because i feel like when people wait till you've had dinner yeah you're digesting it's you know what i mean like it's it's not as conducive to feeling your whole energy in your body when you're like fucking then you eat that's right you fucking eat (laughs) that's exactly (laughs) what you do you smoke and then you fuck and then you eat that's right and then smoke again and then repeat rinse and repeat (laughs) (laughs) rinse and repeat (laughs) would you uh we we put on a couple of uh social media places people who are gonna have some questions for you and um would i answer some if you want to all right yes i'm ready for questions (laughs) question one oh um have you done this is actually a really nice one this is from a guy named chris uh, have you done a tarot reading while high? And when you are high, do you feel more spiritually connected and wise or not? <laughs> I've definitely done many readings while I'm high. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like um, weed. In, in, like I said, I don't actually use it when I'm acting because that's a little different. My eyes will show it. It's just not conducive to acting. But um, I think for spiritual work, sure. But, uh, but everyone's different, which is why I always find these questions uh, hard to answer because... 
I could do a great reading while stoned, but someone else might not be able to, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's what I think. I feel like alcohol is too cloudy for people with spiritual work, to be honest. I think when you look back to um, spiritual practices all over the world, people, what, fasted, right? Mm -hmm. And did these certain things to prepare for a spiritual uh, moment. Uh, and there's a reason you, you fast, because if you're... When your body, like we just said about sex, it's it's hard to really have the best sex if you're digesting. It's hard to make the best magic if your body's tied up with other stuff. So I think whatever anyone wants to do that works for them, because I hate to, even though I'm like, oh, I'm an old lady, I can say what I want now. It's like with that stuff, that's your energy work. So I, I feel like it's whatever works for someone, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I dig that. You want to pick one of these? Yes. Uh, ooh, but I probably wouldn't smoke indica. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> While I'm doing readings. A good hybrid. Yeah, a good hybrid will do you good. Um, what is your favorite tarot card? Oh, you know, I'm going to be honest. It probably changes more than you'd think because um, maybe do I write about this in the book? Like when I was younger, there were certain cards that really intimidated me that don't now. I have a completely different dynamic too. Or there's certain cards that I know um, when I when I first started or like super young tarot readers who, and I don't mean you can't, you can be a great tarot reader even if you're super young, but I do think that most people need to put in their 10,000 hours, right? To be really great at something. Some people just naturally are great, but the rest of us. Um, so I, I just kind of think... Um, it changes, you know? I think a lot of young readers read um, some cards like Temperance, which is a beautiful card with an angel on it and blah, 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 as, as one way, instead of seeing kind of a cooling off and the balancing about that card rather than just the pretty angel. Or I remember I was reading for someone and the star card came up in the middle of their reading and um, afterwards my friend said, wow, the star card is like a really beautiful card that's really optimistic and upbeat and all those things all that I said, yes, 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 of course it is, of course. But it's also to me and what I use my intuition for, I don't just read the definition of the card is this hope, right? Star card is hope. But also I'm looking at the person I'm reading. I'm looking at the rest of the cards in the reading and I'm seeing that, yes, it's about hope, but it's actually about um, this person is healing. They're releasing some of their pain. They're still in the releasing stage of their pain. And if you look in the temperance card and the, the tarot card, it is a person kneeling um, by a still pool of water, usually releasing a pitcher of water, you know, releasing that emotion out of them or back into the collective unconsciousness so we can all grow from that experience in like a Paddy Shayevsky alternative states kind of way. Um, so that's a positive card, but it's also a little uh, more alone sometimes than people think. And like I said, I see some readers who read that as completely like, oh, happy, happy, joy, joy, star. You're going to be a star. That's what everyone thinks it means in Hollywood. Um, mm -hmm. It does not mean that or you can have your meaning for it. But I like to see all the different layers. So it really depends. Like when I went to South Africa and did the lion, like did this crazy ass sign your life away, walk with these wild lions and basically recreated the strength card you know that was my favorite for a while it really was but now it's not because at that time it was that was 10 years ago now I'm like oh there's something really repressed and restrained about the strength card for me right now the control that you need to that I don't actually need that I need to be freer so mm. different cards resonate for me at different times what's mm. what the fuck is a walk with a lion Oh, dude, you should look at my fucking pictures. I'm fucking crazy. It's weird. I, I don't have kids. And I, I, that's why I was like, I'll do this shit because I don't have kids. And I was in Zimbabwe, which is such a crazy country because you can tell the economy died. Anyway, you uh, you could do it's supposed to be a walk with lions where you go and you're out in the bush, you know, but you're 
over there. But they'll call, it's it's a preserve. They're out in the wild, and um, but they're used to all the animals. All the animals are kind of used to a little bit of human, you know, contact because it's a protected preserve. But they do this walk with walk with lions, and I get there, and it's like the one time you don't actually want people to know who you are. For some reason, my sitcom was playing in fucking Zimbabwe, and they were like, "We know you. We're gonna give you the special lion treatment where no. you don't get to. You won't be with the other people. It's gonna be all by yourself, and you're gonna be all up on the lions." And I was like, "Holy motherfucker!" <laughs> because the Zimbabwe guy. The guy I'd been with, um, the guide uh, from us had said, um, I was like, you're, you're not coming to the preserve to drop me off? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. We have a saying here. You don't fuck with the lion. <laughs> and I was like, fuck! They were like, they gave you a steak necklace. Dude, and- he was just like, he was like, literally looked at me when I got on the bus to get cab to go. He looked at me like, I'm never going to see her again. That is it, man. Mm-hmm. I, she is gone. So I was like, fuck, I'm dead, I'm dead. But um, I so I end up doing this thing. And yeah, I'm right up on lions. Like, I'm literally up on lions. And I will say, I'm not a, I'm not a god. I don't, not like a Christian-y god kind of person, right? I'm spiritual. But I will say, I saw God on that walk. Because you have to get fucking zen. You have to... Because you know they could kill you at any second. Any second. And also there's, we don't see off frame of my pictures, there's a guy with a gun gun, a guy with a dark gun, a tranquilizer, a guy with a phone for a helicopter. I mean, it was fucking nuts. But fuck that. A bullet still has to travel to you. Well. Like, it's, there's not a lot of time you know when there's claws was, involved. like, well, I don't have any kids, so no one's really going to miss me. And I don't know. Probably won't happen. Which Did is not a great way it? to roam through life because sometimes it does happen. You know, there's ah. plenty of people. Like I just read about a lion trainer in Indonesia who was found mauled to death in the cage. Yeah. And I got in a cage with like five different lions and like just hung out with them. And I did the same thing. I did some weird scuba thing, too, where they put us in a tank with sharks. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing, Rachel? That's always what I think when I, how did you get into this situation, True, (laughs) But I like that I've had some weird adventures like that. I wouldn't do it again. I wouldn't do the lion thing again. I think you get, like, a shot at that. Mm -hmm. And um, that was just a part of my journey to create my own strength card, you know? And that was the time. It was actually, I didn't know this at the time, but I was heading into my fucking horrible sick years so it was like you, you know what i mean how it's a yin and a yang and it's a, everything dovetails and that was like literally the last thing i did because right after that oh yeah then 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 some terrible family stuff but everything went wrong mm. so it was the beginning of needing to really draw on my own strength wow. um and i think i did it you know so i i like that i'm a weirdo and we'll do kooky stuff like that we should probably wrap, but I want to okay. know uh, an well, answer to a weed question or two. Or would do, do you have something else? Uh, I can do one more, okay. but, and it'll be Rachel's choice. Do okay. you want to do a craft question or a nutritionist question? Uh, either one. Whatever. You pick, you pick, you pick. Uh, so one, one is, can you please talk about a mysterious white owl that followed the cast and crew of the craft around? <laughs> is that a real thing? I don't uh, know the story. That is actually a real thing. Like We started to notice it at, I think, the witch's shop, which is off Fountain, maybe? Fountain in Koreatown or Ar- Little Armenia here. Um, and then at the beach. But yeah, do I think that was necessarily um, tied to the film? A little bit. I mean, I think we were pretty careful, actually, not to use like the, the god in the god in the movie or whatever we're praying to is a spring in France. Like Manon of the Spring. That's a movie. Yeah. Not a real, like, we're not like, hey, Beelzebub. And we're not trying to summon the, you know, I was like, I, I get a little nervous sometimes, too, because I'm like, 
we're putting energy into this. I'd rather use a fake God than, uh, I'm agnostic with half this shit. I, you know, I'm not really sure what to believe, but I'm not sure it doesn't exist. So I don't like to mess with things too much. Um, but there were little things like that happen like that, or even, I think there's magic in everyday stuff, right? Like even the fact that at the witch's shop, there were literally 600 books. I'm not even exaggerating. They had 600 little notebooks stacked through the whole shop, right? But when we did the take, the one notebook I happened to pick up was the guy whose apartment it was they'd rented and he had his notes in it. He'd stuck his notebook in there because he wanted it in the movie. But that was the one notebook I picked up. So do you know what I mean? Like that's like an energetic pull towards that notebook, right? And that in itself is kind of magic. So whether it's the owl or whatever, but I'm going to say this Fruza Balkanai, who I love Fruza. She's such an awesome lady. Um, we were the two people who are really into the subject matter. Yeah, she's so, Wiccan, right? So I don't know if she's would. I'm not sure if she's Wiccan, Wiccan, but I know she's magical and does has her magic practice and all of this. Because um, Wiccan's a, a religion. That's like saying, are you Methodist? Are you Protestant? Technically, you know. Okay. So I don't know if she's Wiccan, Wiccan, but she's um, definitely really magical. So I think her and I went to a Beltane festival, which is a May Day festival, as research for the movie. And I think some of that is maybe. Well, I'd like to think some of that is infused in the movie, and maybe that's why. It's lasted for so long. I wanted to know about your first high. Uh, my first high. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go with the second one because the first high was somebody giving me weed way too young. How about that? So Ooh. I'll save that for the what I don't even think I have it in the book, but like adults don't get kids stoned. I don't think you should, to be honest. Um, I would say the first time I got really, really high and I didn't, my people in my family smoke weed. So I was always like, whatever, that's not cool. I don't care. Like my dad smoked weed. Like for the longest time, I just thought that's what his shit smelled like. That combination of shit and weed. I was like, yeah. That's then I was like, oh, I think you're smoking something. And I just didn't understand anything about life. And so I just thought it was so uncool. <laughs> that they all smoked it. So I think once I was in college, I didn't smoke it in high school. I didn't smoke it freshman year, maybe in college. Um, this mafia Don's son, <laughs> who my roommate was dating, got us high on his weed. And it was like fucking bionic weed. I could literally hear like the $6 million man, like sound as I turned my head. I was like so high. I was like, I'm high as a kite. And I loved it. And I remember thinking, Oh, who was holding out this on me? Um, because I also was, I think I was working in a bar at the time and it was a perfect relax after uh, getting in a, you know, 4.30 a.m. shift. So I just giggled a lot. Like, I wish I could giggle as much as I did my first high. You know, I don't giggle that much. Like, I used to have a podcast with the comedian Alec Mappa and he had us get stoned one day for the podcast. And he said, oh, you're not any different. You're just not a neurotic freak. And I was like, uh-huh. Like, I'm actually the better me. I'm a calmer, you know, calmer me, which I think works for me. And I, I'm not, I don't drink alcohol, not because I have a problem with it. I just don't really drink very often. It's not for me. So I feel pretty good about my weed smoking. It's my only real big vice. And it's not even a vice. I feel like it's medicinal. Damn right. That's what I try. If, if, my, if anyone ever hassles me, I'm just like, it's medicinal. It's yeah. medicinal. I mean, we know it's true. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, do you want to plug everything one last time? Uh, well, okay. On Instagram, I'm true Rachel at true Rachel true because somebody has my name and they won't give it to me. Um, but at true Rachel true. So keep an eye out there because I'm going to be starting a Patreon. Uh, where we'll be doing tarot lessons and talk about different tarot cards and their meanings and things like that on there. Uh, on Twitter, I'm at Rachel True, and um, I'll be on the FX show Better Things towards the end of their season. Um, they're just starting their season now, so towards the end of their season. And then my book is True 
Heart Tarot, and that'll be from Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. Um, and it's a book and deck set, and um, I'm really excited about it. It's super fun to create. So I think, I know I have like 12 other things I'm doing, but those are the ones I can think of right now. So excited for your book and deck. Yay. Oh, thank Can't you. Wait. Thank you. Yeah. Will you come back and be a guest again? When Absolutely. You know what? Talk about? Yes. I'd be so excited when people can give me their opinion, opinion on deck. And you're a writer too. So it's like intimidating for me that you guys will be reading my writing, to be honest. But it's something I'm real passionate about. So I hope that comes through. I can't wait. Yay. Um, for me, uh, at the Hollywood Improv, if you're listening to this on the day it drops, then uh Thursday, February 21st, I've got my show Glazed. We've got the head writer of The Late Late Show. We've got the creator of AP Bio and NBC. We've got a magician who is also part cyborg coming in from Vegas. And the whole thing is sponsored by Dr. Dabber. Shout out to Dr. Dabber. Uh, The show is probably sold out, but uh, I do have a comp list. So you can DM me if you are ever in LA and you want to come see the show at the Hollywood Improv. That's it. And uh, follow at Weed and Grub and check out all of our dates coming up for our tour. We're going to Alaska in April. And you are? Yeah, we're doing a, from Alaska to LA in April all the way down the coast because it's weed is legal from Alaska. Are you driving? I've been down flying the to coast Alaska and then we're and driving. driving down. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so many. You're going to go in adventures. summertime when Alaska is nice, right? April. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> I've never been to Alaska. That's one state I'd love to go to. You know, weed is legal there. I didn't realize it was legal all up and down the coast, Mm -hmm. including Canada. Why the fuck would anyone live on the East Coast? It's so cold and there's no weed. That's horrible. That's so (laughs) miserable. (laughs) Yeah, things are good. (laughs) Things are good. Exactly. Uh, Anything else? I think that's it. Uh, Thank you for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me, you guys. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Looking best dressed, feeling like a million bucks. Cause we-
fly together. Ain't no stopping us. We moving the movement as one like a unit. Every single one of us is so unique. As we find our peak, it's about harmony. Yeah.